Hello and welcome to the Limitless Podcast with me, Joshua Patterson. I'm passionate about sharing the stories of courage and resilience. Each week, I will be interviewing extraordinary people from all different walks of life who saw past their statistics, who turned personal moments of adversity into strength. My hope is that this podcast can inspire you to step outside of your limits and achieve things you thought never possible. Welcome to Limitless. This podcast is sponsored by Wellman Vitamins. When life shows no signs of slowing down, Wellman's advanced supplements give you optimized support to keep you feeling your best. Designed exclusively by Vitabiotics for the lifestyle needs of men at every stage of life. Wellman is the UK's number one multivitamin for men offering comprehensive formulas with vitamins B6 and B12 to support normal energy release. So to support you in pushing past your limits, Wellman is here to help you feel energized and live life well. To find out more, visit www.vitabiotics.com slash pages slash Wellman. Thank you to all of the team at Wellman. Today I'm joined by activist Earthling Ed, a long-standing environmentalist and vegan. His approach to such sensitive topics is why I admire the work he's doing. His compassion for all is what really makes him refreshing in a world so controversial and divided. Hello and welcome. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm I'm really good. Do you know what? I'm I'm so stoked to have you here today. It's so important that this podcast shows its versatility. I think there's not enough individuals like yourself out there doing the work that you're doing. And I think what's really special about your quality is that you're not controversial. Mm. It, you know, you don't take the approach where you want clickbait, you know, or there's a soundbite to it. You're not villainizing people. You're kind of expressing an opinion in a really non-offensive way. And I don't think there's enough people out there like that because unfortunately in society, and please correct me if, if you disagree, but it kind of feels like that's the approach you need to take now in order to be heard. Yeah, I wish I could disagree with you, but uh, that's very kind. Thank you. I appreciate those very warm words. No, it's a pleasure to be here, so thank you for having me. Um, but no, I agree. I think that we live in a very binary time where people are, are kind of, I don't know whether it's, it's whether it's an individual choice or more of like a cultural aspect to it that makes people want a little bit more of attention, a little bit more of a, uh, kind of that binary opposition. And I think that that's not the right approach in many ways. I think it's good to have different, you know, opposing views talking to each other. I mean, that's essential. But I think when we we're trying to one up each other, that's when it becomes problematic. I mean, to those that don't know you, I mean, it, it's it's really easy, I guess, to label someone as something. But actually, what I'm interested to know is what would you personally label yourself as and what you do? That's a, that's a, that's a good question. I, I, I kind of see myself as being a vegan educator um, slash activist. And I guess what that means is I, I try and dedicate as much of my time as I can to, to talking about the environment, talking about what we do to animals, the impact that that has on us as individuals. Uh, and I guess just hopefully encouraging people to think more consciously about their individual choices. Do you feel like you've got an almighty challenge on your hands by talking about such things? Definitely. I mean, I think anything that we all care about feels like an almighty challenge because we're so passionate about it. And for me, being so passionate about well, our planet, you know, humans and non-humans as well, it, it does often feel like an insurmountable task because it encompasses everything. And so I think that there is that aspect of feeling somewhat overwhelmed at times. But, but at the same time, 
what it actually done it has done in many ways is it's made me really like people more and that sounds a little bit counterintuitive because inherently i'm trying to encourage people that do something i disagree with to change and that could seem like maybe that would make me dislike people but actually I do a lot of, you know, I have lots of conversations with people. I do a lot of public speaking about these issues. And it's made me feel really reassured in humanity because I see good people thinking through their their actions that they've done unconsciously and then making rational choices based on their own morality and values. And for me, talking about tough issues is challenging, but it's actually very rewarding in that sense. And I think you have to be patient. Literally just before we started this podcast, my running coach, Ben, was stood there and and basically just said, five years ago, I would have laughed at a vegan. Yeah. I can't, you know, I, I, I can't stand the concept of it. I was a diehard meat eater. Five years later, my attitude now is completely different. So if you were to have this conversation with him five years ago, it would have been so interesting to see the response that you probably would have received. Five years later, and actually, I think ultimately it's about patience and it's allowing that person to find that path themselves. I think having this conversation can help inspire it. But ultimately, I think trying to force someone into something is where we are going wrong. And he's been able or he's been enabled to make that decision for himself. And, 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 and you know, one, what a wonderful thing that it actually has got to that point where he's kind of found that. And, you know, he's a big, big fitness guy. And I am actually finding now within the fitness community, more and more people are now sort of making the transition into a more plant-based diet. Yeah. Well, I think when you, you've had James Wilkes on, on, on this podcast before, and he's a big... Well, a big reason why so many people are thinking differently. It's interesting because if you if you took me back six or seven years ago, I'd have had the same reaction. I used to think vegans were extreme. I thought they were weird. I thought they were militant. I thought they had no sense of humour. I, I often said I will never be vegan. You know. So I think it's interesting how perceptions do change, and it's not just perceptions, but it's it's a it's a it's a big paradigm shift within ourselves. And I think there's also that paradigm shift happening within society where there is so much more information about these issues, and also reasons to want to think differently about them. Um, whether that's climate change, what happens to animals. And it is something that we're talking about more and more. And I think you're right that patience is very important. And also just, uh, as we said before, having those open dialogues and conversations, because I think for most of us, we do care about what happens to animals and to our planet and indeed how what we eat and how we live impacts us. But we've never had the chance to think about it. And so now this conversation is really starting to, to take you know a huge amount of form. It's giving people the ability to stop and reflect rather than going, oh, I hate vegans. You know, they're always forcing their views. We say, well, actually, this vegan maybe says something that's interesting. And actually, I do think what happens in, in slaughterhouses is wrong or what is happening to our planet is bad. And I do want to be a healthier person. So maybe there's some credibility in what they're saying. And I think that's what's changing now. I think it's the terminology. I think you're right. And I think it's it's there's multiple platforms now where we've enabled people to change their ideology of what they think a vegan is. I think you're right. I, I, it almost felt like there was two completely different parallels and two very extreme versions. But there seems to be very much like a middle ground now. You know, and ultimately, I think what seems to be frustrating, though, and I don't know if you agree, is it, it's almost like you've got to make something trendy mm, yeah. for people to want to be a part of it. And, and you know, whether people agree with it or not, but it does very much feel like the younger generations now are building momentum and creating something completely new you know again um you know my, my running coach ben was just saying there that you know something that was so normal like smoking you know to younger generations now is is pretty unthinkable 
And he's kind of going, well, is it going to be the same with meat? You know, it's something that we do on a day-to-day basis, but, you know, give it 50, 60 years. Are these demographics going to be looking at us now and kind of putting the question marks? Is it going to get to the point where we've gone from, you know, such a, I guess, a global community of meat eaters to eventually probably not? I think that's definitely the way it's going to happen. The, the smoking one's an interesting one because another thing that's interesting with smoking is how, you know, we were told smoking's good for you and we were told that, it's, you know, doctors used to tell people to smoke. You know, there's advertisements advertising for camel cigarettes and now we're seeing something similar with meat, how, you know, the information is changing and, and we've been told that it's good for us and we've eaten it for so long and all these things, but that's changing. And I think you're, you, it's a really apt analogy to say that maybe in the future we will look back and I think we will. You know, the younger generations are definitely, you know, pushing this movement. As younger generations, have always pushed social progress and this is no different it is a shame it has to be trendy you know but i think there is an element of a a good element to that but i guess it is you know there's always that word fad used around veganism i think when when you boil what veganism means it's like that philosophical attitude towards creating a more respectful and you know a world full of more justice for everyone humans and non-humans it it removes that faddy element from it but there is a societal attitude that is a bit faddy but i think that's a good thing it gets people on board it gets the conversation going i mean veganery is a great example you know veganery is kind of the epitome of that faddy life lifestyle isn't it try it for a month but it's incredibly beneficial and 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 good it generates national conversation it gets loads of delicious vegan options out there for everyone and so yeah i mean i wish it wasn't have to be a trendy thing but i still think that's a positive as well do you know i'm the same with uh, you know things like mental health week or mental health month it's like you know why do we just commit to 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 one singular day or week or month a year why can this not be 12 months of the year but do you know what at the same time take what you can get yeah because actually you know 12 years of 12 months you know is is a, is a lot further forward than you probably would have been so actually be grateful for it but you know i think what i'm really interested by right now is the big big companies mm-hmm. the fact that they are now making a transition into creating more vegan based products mm-hmm you know, like McDonald's, that says a lot. These guys are the powerhouses. But the fact that these companies now are making that transition and it's getting to the point where questions are even being asked, like, are they going to make a full transition into specific plant-based, you know, products? Is is it, It's mind-blowing. It is. I mean, I think what's interesting is often people, you know, they, they talk about having like a personal choice and what we choose to eat is a personal choice. But what we don't realise is is that choice that we make every day is so heavily influenced by all the advertising that we see every single day. You know, you walk down the road, you see McDonald's, Burger King, KFC, whatever it is, everywhere. You turn on the TV, it's an advert for, for beef or whatever it is. So we're com- constantly bombarded with it that actually that element of, of, of personal choice and free will is a little bit more deceptive than we might see it as being. And I think what's really powerful about what's happening with these companies is they're changing Changing people's mentalities and, and, and their consciousness through changing how the advertising is. And so I think that, that, that that's a powerful notion, but it's definitely a sign of the times, isn't it? Because it, the problem with these companies is, is they're not interested in, in veganism, they're interested in the money, right? And that's, that, that's not great, but at the same time, it's a good thing because what that shows is that KFC with this vegan burger, it shows there's money to be made there. And if that means, if there's money to be made, that people are changing and people are trying these options and trying these different types of food. And so I think that these companies and businesses are releasing vegan options, whether they're doing it for money or whatever, is irrelevant because it shows that attitudes are changing. You know, and I I think that's incredible. Why do you think it is, though? Do you think it's because we've got to a point where there is evidence showing that if we do not make these changes now we could be looking at a global catastrophe. Do you think it's because we've got to that point where people are now having to listen and take this seriously? 
Or do you think that this just is a natural progression? A bit of both, I think. I mean, I think what's happened in the past five years is like a repetition of information. You know, as humans, we hear something and we might have an emotional reaction to it, but we have to hear it often before we start actually changing our own habits and our own lifestyles. And so veganism has been around for, you know, for decades, obviously, but in the past five, six, seven years, the proliferation of the information has become really, you know, abundant. And so I think that, that people are hearing the message more and more and more. And the more they hear it, or the more they see some footage from that, from that farm or from that slaughterhouse, and the more they see that study about what's happening to our planet, the more it starts to hit home to them. Oh, actually, this is something I'm having an impact on and I should change. So I think social media and that information definitely plays a part. But I also, I also think that as humans, we do naturally look to progress. You know, we have got a long way to go before we'll ever achieve like a, I don't know, like a utopian world. Of course, you know, that's a idealistic. But if you look past in our past, we've made significant strides in terms of how we treat each other, how society is. And so I think there is that natural kind of element of humanity always looking to reflect and get better, or at least I hope so. And I think our attitudes to how we eat and, and obviously the knock-on effect to what that does to others, humans, non-humans and the planet, is part of that natural progression of us going, now I've got the, the, the intelligence, you know, the information, I can reflect on that and make better choices. So I think you, both of those things are true. We are ingrained and our values are given to us by culture, by our families, by societies. And so we just adopt what we see others doing around us without ever really consciously reflecting or critically challenging how we live. We just adopt these paradigms and eventually we just start regurgitating what we've always been told or just living unconsciously because why would we not do that? So someone comes along and says, well, hang on a minute, you know, what's the difference between eating a dog and eating a pig that's challenging you because we've always lived in this way and that seems like an extreme viewpoint but of course the notion that we shouldn't harm either is not an extreme notion that's the logical notion but in this culture that we've been raised in we see that as being an extreme idea even though logically it should be the opposite but we we also have restrictions in our mind like you know the majority of people in in the uk are still meat eaters but if i was to say to anyone in britain there's a plate and it's got dog on it. The disgust of that person, if I was to say you're eating horse tonight, the meal would be refused because we, we, we have those boundaries. That's not what we're accustomed to. We haven't been raised to eat those. And yet we know in different national, you know, different nationalities, different countries, that's a perfectly normal thing. That seems so. I, I always think that's that's very unusual, isn't it? Like people sign petitions and they, you know, saying the dog meat trade in Southeast Asia should come to an end and they're eating a bacon sandwich. And then those pigs were killed in gas chambers in this country. Or, you know, when people like, they get up in arms about whaling or in dolphins, but really there's no, there's no difference between these animals that we love and the animals that we kill. And I think that's a really interesting point. One of the reasons I went vegan was because I had a hamster called Rupert and I just watched a documentary called Earthlings. And afterwards I went and spent some time with Rupert and I looked at him and I thought, my goodness, you know, Rupert's such a little individual. He's got personality about him, you know, likes and dislikes. He loved broccoli, but he didn't like kale, right? <laughs> he had just little things that made him unique, right? I was looking at Rupert and, and seeing things that made him an individual. And I thought, well, hang on a minute, you know, these animals on my plate are, are no different, you know, in terms of that personality. And if I won't want anyone to harm Rupert, or if I won't want anyone to harm the dog in our home or the cat in our house, then what's the difference, you know? And it, it, it does draw on those culturally ingrained concepts and ideas. And I think that's what is inviting to people, but also puts people off because it is challenging something that's so ingrained within us. Do you, is that the inspiration um, behind Earthling Ed? Yeah, it is. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So that's that's the very foundation of kind of how this all began. That's right. Yeah, that's that's the, uh, the origin story. That's, wow. Yeah. Would you say it's down to your hamster? 
I would say so, yeah. It's, it's down to the documentary. See, I that love that. It's such a away. nice way to like organically find your name. You obviously do, you've done TED Talks. Mm-hmm. You've got your podcast. You know, you were talking about writing a book. You, your Instagram page for me is, is just remarkable. And in terms of like the engagement that you have, I really want to understand your, your sort of like your success behind that. And I want to really understand you a bit more because actually kind of, the, you know, the, the headline of your bio is justice, compassion and equality. Yeah. Would you say this applies to all communities, though? Because although you could kind of look at this individual and go, oh, holy, he is, you know, he cares about the environment, he cares about people. How far does that stretch? Because obviously, if you have somebody who is a renowned hunter of animals, mm-hmm you know, or completely disagrees with, with the environment and, 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 you know, sorry, global warming and probably is a huge activist of, of why there is such issues. Would that compassion apply to them? I think more so, right? Because, uh, again, like you said at the beginning, um, like we don't want to create these kind of like binary kind of debates. Well, no, debates is fine, but these like binary oppositions, you know? And I think, like, for me, part of why I advocate in the way that I do is because I realise that there's a whole system that exists behind people that leads them to doing what they do. So let's take an avid hunter, you know, the hunting deer in, in Rhode Island in the US, let's say. Chances are they were taught to do that by their by their dad, right? Maybe it was a, a bonding exercise, you know, they went out hunting together, they created this relationship. And so hunting isn't just about the act of killing the deer. It's, it has that whole psychological subconscious aspect of being about family and about community and about belonging, being loved and validated. And so whilst killing the deer is an incredibly immoral act, I don't dislike the person for doing it because I recognise there's a whole system behind them that enables that to happen. So like with meat, just generally, you know, I think eating meat is immoral, but I don't think that people that do it are bad people because of that fact. I think it's because we've been raised to do this and we don't think about it. So the people that are furthest away, if you like, I think understanding and empathizing and kind of trying to relate to why they feel that way. You know, is it a fear? You know, is it an idea of a family, of society, of culture? Is it that we don't want to be ostracized? I mean, what I think is interesting is if we look at our historical roots, when we we existed within small communities, the worst punishment we could have was being ostracized from that community. We didn't have jails or prisons. If you did something wrong, you'd be kicked out. And that meant, you know, like death. So being a part of that pack is essential psychologically to our survival. And so doing something that ostracizes ourselves from what the mainstream mentality is, is, is daunting. So I think, yeah, I, it doesn't make it easy. And, and, and I'm, I've had conversations with people that don't always end up well because we're so conflicting on these things. But I think a little bit of understanding, a little bit of empathy, but then also being true and authentic is really important. So don't, don't, don't enable what they do or don't make excuses for what they do, but say, I understand why you do this, but have you considered that you don't have to? Something like that. Everything is about informing yourself. You used the word forcing views earlier, or you know, the idea of like we shouldn't try and force opinions. I think that's I think that's very interesting because I agree in the sense of every decision that we make that's so profound to our lifestyle choices is something that we have to individually make. And I think with veganism or where it's in the environment, but veganism in particular, because people always say about forcing views when it comes to veganism, right? What's really interesting about that is I talk a lot about these issues. I talk about them, you know, every day, right? But I can never force someone to be vegan. But what I hopefully we can do by using this podcast or by having conversations, whatever it might be, is encourage people to go, actually, that, that's interesting. Maybe I should go and look into that myself, you know, and then they watch The Game Changers, they watch Cowspiracy, they watch Earthlings, whatever it is. And then they actually connect to those issues themselves. And so I think 
being an activist and, and, and communicator, whatever that means, it's not about making someone do anything. It's about encouraging people to want to learn about it on their own. And I think that, that that's hope. Maybe that goes back to the point you were saying earlier. How do you describe yourself? Maybe just like that voice in someone's head that tries to encourage them to think differently and learn something on their own accord. What I try and do is create content that doesn't do a disservice to the problems, but encourages people to feel hopeful about the outcomes. So, you know, this is a conversation with a farmer. Um, he doesn't agree with me, but I've asked him a couple of questions and actually he might still be a farmer at the end of the day or an animal farmer, but he's thinking about it differently. And the fact that we've had that respectful conversation is positive because it shows that we can actually meet mutual ground and encourage each other to think differently. So I think that's what people need. They need it's a very depressing world at times. It's, it's a world full of despair, of hopelessness, and that's perpetuated by so many different aspects. And I think what we need in, in role models and voices and activists is, you know, obviously symbolising the problems, but showing people that there are positive outcomes that can be had. I think that's the route that you've got to take is don't make someone feel guilty. Don't tell them what they can and can't do. Just open up the discussion. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes showing the pros and the cons of something, that in a way I think can get people... Yeah, on board. You know, well, it can, it can get them on board. But I think sometimes if, if you come across even with that point too aggressively, if you're told that there are cons to something, sometimes that can be what, you know, oh, makes I see. someone okay, switch yeah, off, right, if that right. makes sense. Yeah. You know, maybe just showing the inspirations behind what you do as opposed to the negatives to it probably is the better way of resonating, right? Well, people resonate with, with individual stories. I mean, this is why you're doing your podcast, right? To encourage people to feel inspired through individuals. And so people need, they like good anecdotes. They like to see personal journeys because encourages to believe in ourselves more well this person did this amazing thing i can do an amazing thing too and so i think you're right in the sense of speaking from the heart and describing your personal experience of how you came to this you know with rupert the hamster you know those kind of ideas can be often more profound than saying look at this slothouse fudge right because it's encouraging people to realize that they can go on a journey of self-discovery themselves i think i think i think you've hit the nail on the head with that one as well open these conversations create these communities where we can connect and, and, and understand one another because like you said we have the power right now and we have the responsibility to change the way that, that the younger generations can live their lives you know the time is now we can't wait 50 100 150 years because actually although we we don't really know the outcome we know the outcome isn't particularly positive you know and i i just think we need more individuals like yourself in this community because for me as as amazing it is having somebody like a greta in this world it's really disappointing that it's taken a girl that young for something like this to be heard it's yeah. an awful lot of responsibility and do you know what as, as easy as it is i think for people to go oh she just needs to go back to school if that girl doesn't commit to the passion that she has what's the next subject we just move on you know we have such a short um attention span i find to things like this and actually it's her resilience and it's the passion that that is shining through that is keeping this conversation going yeah and it's true i think People are very quick to jump to conclusions and jump to, and, and and feel animosity towards someone because they 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 recognise that, that person is doing something fulfilling, you know. And I think you're right. Like it's such an indictment of our society that we needed Greta to make us wake up. 
to these problems you know, more than more than we had been doing. It, it seems absurd, doesn't it? But I guess it's that we can use that now, you know, be positive about it, and, and use that to hopefully encourage you know a million Gretas, you know, a million people to start taking action and speaking up. And there are or earthling ads. Well, yeah, earthling ads, yeah. But there are definitely like, and I think what's what's great now is Greta is amplifying other people's voices, young people's voices through as, as her work. As you go, well, I hope so. Well, I think you. Are. I think the fact that we're having this conversation shows that you know, you've, you've inspired me, and and it's been amazing to have this conversation. You know, and I, like I said, I think it's the approach that you've taken. You know, it's 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 a really enjoyable way of having this discussion, and you may not come away from it completely committing to that lifestyle, but it certainly leaves an impression and an ideology of what you could approach. That's kind or take on. You know, how can people who have listened today, who are invested in you, or already know, how can they connect with you? So yeah, uh, a few platforms. I have uh, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. They're all under the name Earthling Ed. Um, I have a podcast which is on iTunes and Spotify called the Disclosure Podcast. Um, and if you want to reach out on my website, which is earthlinged.org, there's a contact form. Amazing. Honestly, it's been so wonderful having you on today. And we definitely need to get you back onto this podcast because I feel like we're kind of just touching on what is a massive topic. Yeah. You know, so thank you. You're welcome. Thanks You're a for star. having me. I appreciate Absolute it. Legend. Thank you very Cheers. much. I appreciate you having me. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in to Limitless. This podcast is something that I'm so passionate about and would love it if you would let me know your thoughts and opinions by leaving a rating and a review in the comment section. It really helps me to spread the word. If you think this story might resonate with someone you know, then please share it with your friends and don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes every Thursday where I'll be talking to more inspirational guests who have seen past their limits. Until next time.